Hello and welcome to this episode of Critics on a Bus, the podcast where two best friends review the latest films and talk film theory. Welcome to a new episode of Critics on a Bus. How are you doing, Paul? I, the only thing I've ever answered to that is wonderfully. I feel like that needs to become just like a standard <laughs> feature of the episode. So I'm doing wonderfully, Cameron. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. Um, this is actually our first actual review of the year. It is. It is. And what a way to start off the year, frankly. Uh, what are we reviewing today? We are reviewing 1917. I mean... If you are listening to this, then you have probably heard inflated reviews of this. You've probably had people recommend it to you. This film is getting a lot of hype and we will see whether or not it deserves that hype. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, Before we get into anything, we do want to explain we've got a new podcast structure for 2020 in the fact that the first 10 10 or so minutes of every episode um, will be a spoiler free review our general impressions of the film. Um, after that, we will then carry on with our normal in-depth and very insightful reviews of the films that we watch. So um, from now on, the first 10 minutes of every episode will be spoiler-free, so do listen out for that. And there will be a little bus bell, ding, ding, that will tell you when spoilers are happening, so listen out if you if you want to avoid spoilers. So. so without further ado, let's enter the spoiler-free zone. Do you want me yeah. to give a quick summary of the film? Yes. Yes. Okay, so 1917 <laughs> is set in the year 1917. Of course, this is well, <laughs> well into World War One for all the history buffs. Uh, <laughs> and it is directed by Sam Mendes, who you, you would have definitely, I would imagine, have seen Skyfall, which is one of the big things that he directed. The film got a lot of hype. And it is, as I understand it, based on stories that his granddad would tell him about World War One, and it's uh, kind of broadly inspired by those. It's got a lot of very famous British actors in it, but also some lesser known ones. So the two main characters are played by George McKay and Dean Charles. Is that Okay, it's a double-barreled name, Dean Charles Chapman. He was meant to go into show business, wasn't he? Um, <laughs> and it also has Colin Firth, Benedict Cumberbatch, Mark Strong, Richard Madden, lots of names that you might know, Andrew Scott. And it follows some soldiers as they go to deliver an urgent message to uh, another group of soldiers who are about to uh, initiate an attack, but apparently this is not a very good idea. And so they have to travel very, very far uh, in a very short space of time in order to relay this message. This much you should all know from the trailers. So if that isn't spoiler free for you, then my humble apologies. But yeah, that is what the film is about. So Cameron, just just tell me how you feel about this film. I first really got the hype for this film was watching a Facebook featurette, which I've previously shared with a lot of people. Um, because Sam Mendes did something which I love as a technical piece of art in that the film is meant to be shot as a singular piece of camera work. Mm-hmm. And they pull off something magnificent in this film. They they, they achieve their goal mm-hmm. in pulling off a single kind of shot. And I was I was I was kind of anticipating, okay, where's the cut obviously gonna happen? There's like one real noticeable cut and that's about it. Mm. And the the film is is shockingly stunning um in mm. terms of the 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 technical like artistry of that film is just outstanding the 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 way that it's staged and and filmed and plays out i don't think i've seen a film like it in a long time no big shout out to roger deakins who did this cinematography yeah famous uh for having had more oscar nominations probably than anyone else ever um i think it's at 14 or 15 um and he's done other films that at least the the one that comes to mind is blade runner 2049 which the one thing that wasn't wrong with blade runner 2049 (laughs) was the visuals it was a beautiful film visually it just uh was rubbish for other reasons but yeah no i i mean the visuals on this film i was i was slightly worried i have i've seen 
kind of attempted one-shot films, lots of different ones, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And when it doesn't, it's really bad. <laughs> yeah. But but this is an achievement of its own kind visually. It's absolutely stunning. It 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 has this authenticity to the whole thing, but also it's the way that it, it changes from certain types of framing, from kind of like wider shots to kind of going going in right into the face of someone to then like capturing movement. It is absolutely outstanding and and at no point did i think oh this is one shot you know oh like oh oh my eyes hurt a little bit or, oh ah, i don't know that that's really what's going on there i felt like it was just so perfectly captured and so artistically captured there was this one scene in particular i'm sure you'll know which one i'm talking about i can only be very vague but one of the characters is entering this area and there is a large fire in the background mm. and it's dusk yep. and there are massive tall kind of fragments of buildings everywhere and he's cr- like creeping around and the and there's lights that are kind of coming in and out of the shot and it is just it's a work of art it is just unbelievable isn't it yes it's uh. it's something to behold and what i think is really good about this film is what they do really well is the film focuses on two basically relatively unknown actors mm-hmm. and you you follow their story and their mission for me the the the, the unknown quality of, of their acting means you you focus so much on the story and the the characters themselves you just kind of get absorbed into their life and because there's no cuts you know all the action and all the kind of looks of war all contained within this one piece of camera work you're kind of in their world with them it's like you're you're the third person on that mission with them Mm. you know and and so you feel very much like you're on their journey through the whole thing and going through everything and you feel very tense when you should feel very tense and very quiet when you should feel very quiet and it's it's something quite impressive i Mm. my back hurt after i finished this film because i was so tense (laughs) <laughs> from sitting there with them mm. it was yeah it, it's because you're just you're just trapped in this kind of singular view of what's happening to them mm. it's yeah it's really is quite something special actually Definitely. i think and i mean i we've, we've started out just talking about visuals and that's one of the big things about the film and that's something that's that's very unique about it uh the way in which it pulls that off but this film as a whole really is something special. I feel like this is this is a rare film. It's it's so not only well orchestrated, but it's so beautiful. It's it's a genuinely beautiful film in so many ways and we'll get into the details later. But I was very moved by this film and I thought that it had a reverence and uh, almost like a sacredness to it like a profundity that i i wasn't expecting i, I wasn't expecting going in i i knew that they would obviously want there to be certain profound moments certain moments of epicness and so forth because it's a war film but i felt like there was such a deep haunting beauty to this film and by the end of it by the last shot and when the last shot cuts out i was just genuinely blown away genuinely just blown away i i i was just astounded that that one film can be could be filled with such authenticity such nostalgia such emotion such beauty i i i i I just well you spoke about this you spoke about how you you and ashling had this instinct to want to kind of almost clap at the end yeah we we genuinely wanted to applaud right and we're kind of disappointed that no one did right because it was yeah the at the end it's just if you if you are not moved by this film like what is going on because it it, yeah it it doesn't it it doesn't it doesn't shy away from the brutalities of war um and i think really interesting a lot of people after i saw it have asked me messaged me like oh how does it compare to dunkirk and one you can't because they're very different stories based on different wars but i do think instantly instantly this should be considered as one of the great war films of all time 
Oh, absolutely. It's been out in the, in the UK a day already. It should be one of the great war films of all time. Oh, yeah. Um, with Dunkirk, Dunkirk is, should also be considered one of the great war films of all time. And, yeah, that is... Well, let, let's. Well, this can come up later, but maybe this can be our final point because, of course, that inevitably there might be comparisons to Dunkirk. I was thinking about this as I was walking today, and I, I thought to myself, in all genuineness, I just consider them to be different entities. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's a completely different style of storytelling, uh, a different war, a very different situation. Uh, yes, there are comparisons. Yes, they're war films. Yes, they are attempting to be profound. And yes, they are moving, but I consider them to be completely, well, not completely, but I consider them to be different entities in my head. And therefore I wouldn't want to have to like have an ultimatum of, okay, so which one's better? Because they're just so different. It would be like saying which one's better, Avengers Endgame or The Lion King. It's like, well, they're just different films. You know what I mean? Like they're just, it's just a completely different thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But in conclusion of the the spoiler free section, we both cannot recommend this film highly enough. And if you are wondering whether or not to go see it, just just go and see it and just and just enjoy do, it. Do yourself it, a favor and yeah. go see this film. You you should Absolutely. see this film for full its full effect. Go to the cinema because. It, yes. It will just yes. It'll, it'll add something so much more to your experience of this film that you just cannot replicate anywhere else. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. So do make sure you do that. Yeah. Right. Shall we enter the spoiler zone? Yes. Okay. There's a good enough pause there for the ding ding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, now that we've got that that out of the way, everything else is hugely spoilers. So we're going to talk about the film as normal. So. I don't even know. I don't even know where to begin with this film. Um, I want to talk about the actors first. Okay. Do you mind? Do you mind? No, no, um, you go ahead. And I, I mentioned this earlier, is that I loved the fact that basically we we had a full solid cast of of unknown people, supported by the well known faces that we see. Yeah. So we see Colin Firth, Mark Strong makes an appearance. I didn't know he was there. Um, I didn't know either. Benedict Cumberbatch is in it. For um, all of 30 seconds. <laughs> for, for all of 30 seconds. But those three three men and mainly are the, the the well-known faces that, you know, clearly saw something amazing in this film. It's like, I've got to be part of that. And they're right. <laughs> um yeah. and we follow we follow these two guys, um, Blake and Will, through their Schofield, Schofield that's it, through their incredible, yeah. incredible eight hours basically, a day, half a day, mm. um, through this journey and I don't know something about the camera almost always being on their faces mm. was just so inviting and so kind of enveloping in the storytelling. Oof, good and word. They... Enveloping. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 their performances hold you to the screen the entire time, you know, because there's some, they, they, let me be real. There's some films in the cinema. I have a smartwatch, right? And I have a theatre mode and stuff, so it's low light. It doesn't doesn't flash when anything happens. But there's some films I'm like, I just check my watch, check the time, see what messages I have, and close my watch again. I could I couldn't even like I just had to like I had a drink with me. I had to feel for my drink because I didn't want to take my eyes off the screen because it was just so their performances were so um, enriching and just like b- believable. Um, when we get into the into the mine into the German mine. Um, which was just like, man, they're going into, they've gone across no man's land into this mine and they've just got like these like crappy torches and what can they walk into? And you know, the whole um, trip wire thing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And like, there is literally no warning. It's like trip wire, rat, boom. And like, it's almost like you're shaken because the, mm. the violence and the action is so sudden and there's no like build up, there's no warning. And then, you know, you're living with them as they've got to like breathe, get out, dig out their, um, dig out Schofield and get him out. And then, you know, they've got to like, they don't know each other very well. And he's like, jump. He's like, I can't see. Just trust me. Just jump over this mine shaft. And that whole thing was like, you kind of stop breathing because their performances were just so believable and so sort of lads in war sort of thing, you know? I, I, I felt that the whole film, they just did so well. I think that believable really is the word. And I, I think that 
What's interesting to me about the performances by the two main actors is that I doubt that they are going to get Oscar nominations. No. But I feel like their performances were as close to perfection as possible. And the way I judge that is by how much I think about the fact that they're acting when I was watching, which was zero seconds. <laughs> I just completely bought into the fact that they were two World War One soldiers. Yeah. That was it. I just, I completely bought into it. There was no moment where I was like, oh, that, that's kind of like fake fear. Or like, oh, that seems like a bit of like a forced storytelling or like they're reading lines or whatnot. Or like, oh, they've clearly been told to like look at the camera this way or that way. I was just 100% bought into it. I was like, I, and I didn't really even think about it until afterwards. I, it was only afterwards I was like, oh yeah, how was the acting in this film? And I was like, well, it was just 100% buyable. <laughs> like it was just 100%, 100% believable. You just bought into it, like fully. I just, and that's all you can ask really for a war film in particular. It, I, I just 100% bought into who they were. Yeah. And like no issues. Even, even if even from the beginning when like you basically just watch them walk for like ten minutes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to, to, yeah, through a trench, and like the way like they kind of run after each other a little bit and like tell stories and joke and like our questions and like Schofield is like we can't go over the top. He's like we gotta go and and he's just like pushing people out the way and you know they instantly have these personalities. Instantly one is more like one is like eager to go and do it and get it down for his brother and. And you know, it's just like just just that is enough. To the, like you know who the, it's like you know who they are. It is very much like you're that third person with them, and that Blake is kind of walking Schofield, and then you up and go, "Come on, guys, we've got to go to the, see the general." I felt so much like I was with them, and it kind of I almost kind of like, like sometimes like I was running after them or like looking behind me as they were walking, sort of emotion because it was carried and, and it's, a lot of that also is to do with the cinematography and, and the way that yeah. it's filmed. But I think. Just in general, like, and every character you meet is sort of, you know, Colin Firth's general is very clear, very cut, very get this done, go now, no nonsense. You know, Mark Strong is very, he's almost kind of like the the military leader you will want, where he's very kind of like friendly and nice and don't worry. Paternal and, and yeah. Yeah. And then you get to Benedict Cumberbatch's, who is just an asshole, basically. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, basically. just, just like, like, man, why the heck? You know, you cost all people's lives, and and even you feel it when Blake dies mm. because it's so, it's so sudden, isn't it really? Mm. Because I didn't think about it. I thought that the films obviously they're going to go all going to get towards the end, and then you hear the shout, and then Blake is basically dead, or when he he jumps over, um, or when Schofield is he's at the second battalion, and he just has to go over the top and just run through that. And you're so invested with them, and he gets knocked down like twice, and you're like, "Ha! You're like, come on, no!" Yeah. Um. It's just it's they're they are great performances which will be snubbed because the film is so stunning. And as, because as a it's beam, not them delivering a huge monologue and crying <laughs> and smashing their face against glass or you know yeah. whatever, like yeah, <laughs> so it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah and it's it's a real shame because people people will focus on the the, the cinematic beauty mm. of this film that they'll forget that it's not a documentary and it's real it's two actors who just pulled off a performance under immense pressure like this is not an this would not have been an easy film to film no but they pulled That's off something the thing. The, even if because there were a few other moments where you technically could have cut it. So, for example, there was this one shot when they were going over, like, a mound of mud. Yeah. Or, like, when they go down into the mine for the first time, it goes dark. And I don't know whether they did or not, but you technically could cut it there because it's black or it's a, you could make that a still. Um, and then, of course, there was the obvious cut when he falls down and bangs his head, mm-hmm. um, which was presented as a cut. Uh, and there are a few other t- times where you, you they could have done it. Even if that is the case, the takes would have been ridiculously long, yeah. like rid- well above average long. And so they would have had to memorize not only the lines, but the movements, exactly where they were walking, how they're walking, when they were slipping, when they were jumping, when they were crouching. And that in and of itself is incredible. The fact that they did that and were able to and then that was able to be translated into onto the big screen. I you know so props to them yeah props to them absolutely 
we already kind of we discussed the visuals in the no spoiler section pretty extensively i don't know if there's anything else on that you want to talk about that or do you want to move on to kind of tension and music type stuff um i do i do just want to talk a bit more okay. about the the nighttime scene in the oh french in the french town days. Oh. and he wakes up and there's just flares and it's like white tombs oh my goodness and then he's just like in the town and it's just oh, i just i couldn't i just the, the visuals was just stunning through that whole thing and you know there's all the the dark mist and the orange glow and that that soldier comes out of the the fog oh my goodness i'm like (laughs) (laughs) and just that whole thing that whole scene was just stunning um was just with with the flares and the bright bursts of light and that kind of orange hue undertoning the whole thing and then once he gets out from the little french girls um hidey hole and you know he's there like just running through the town as he's getting shot by people and that whole scene and just just the way it just felt so visceral Mm. um and it just it just looked an incredible incredible location when i was watching it i uh, so many moments throughout that i was like you could you could pause this at any time and have an almost iconic film poster on your hands like <laughs> yeah it was but uh, but there was a certain iconic element to it in terms of, and and that's and, and normally you reserve the word iconic for something that has happened and then matured and marinated over multiple years and then people are like ah, oh, you know that's really iconic like when darth vader tells luke that he's his father and whatnot like oh that's like a really iconic moment but i was like this is verging on iconic already like the, the this the visuals in this the the color the perspective the buildings there was that that one the the time that i really thought it was there was this one particular shot when he was he was holding his gun out and he was looking uh to the left and then there was a poster i think for like cirque do something like a circus a french circus and the way that the light was and the way it was like that was just meant to be a film poster and i hope that in 20 years 30 years time when you know there are some there's some university students or whatnot who want a retro film poster and it's available you know and they want to have it on their wall that it will be of 1917 and it will be that shot of him with the poster or whatever like i just it was staggeringly beautiful yeah but 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 haunting and and scary and nerve-wracking at the same time that whole scene and the whole and the whole film there was this this beauty to it but it was like a it was like a sad beauty it was like a tense beauty i just i just could ah uh, it was it's it's just astounding i'm yeah it, it was I'm something to away. behold something it to really behold. was it really yeah. was even even that scene the visuals of like when he goes over the top at the very final scene and they call they call the first wave to go over mm. and he's running and there's explosions and there's hundreds of guys mm. just like pouring over the side and he's just I, I, I've actually just been told I've seen the clips just run full pelt just run straight and if you get knocked down get up again and keep going and just keep going and keep going and and just even that and as, as it kind of almost kind of zooms out and you just see this men just pouring out onto the field and just dropping and you know dying instantly and it's just what I love in the visuals of this film is they they don't shy away from the brutality and reality of the war yes you know if, yeah. he, if he gets cut and he puts his hand in the body oh, oh, that, was... oh that moment but oh, <laughs> you know and like horses that have the and the the bodies floating in the water that are bloated and you know but, and, but yeah sorry you no, can finish that thought i, but I just I, I just love that they don't they don't shy away from the war is horrendous and that but i feel like this couldn't have been more perfect in that aspect, in that it wasn't a Quentin Tarantino movie, so it wasn't delighting in the violence, or it wasn't kind of stylistically gory. And and also, it wasn't like, this is how brutal war is, and that's the point, and so let us show you a rotting, maggoty something, and hold that shot for 30 seconds until you want to throw up. It was just probably as it would have been for a soldier. You go through, you see some pretty disgusting stuff and you want to avert your eyes and you move on. 
but it's there and it's disgusting yeah. and you cut yourself and your friend is stabbed and there's blood pouring out of his body but it wasn't meant to be this sort of like to add like stylistic flair to the film or anything it just felt very very real yeah it was like it was it just added a layer of authenticity that wouldn't have been there if it were a 12 and you didn't see any blood or any rotting carcasses because they would have been there in real life so you know i I just felt like I, I hate I, I hate to talk about the perfection of this film too much, but, but there's nothing I would have changed about that aspect of the film. I feel like it was there, it was brilliant, and well, not brilliant, but it was just how it should have been. Yeah, it was. There just, you go. Yeah, it was just on point. Yeah, on point. Um, speaking of on point, let's go to the music. Uh, um, and just tension and how it. Oh, just yeah. You've already spoken about the fact that your back was hurting by the end of this film, and I, something that this film does so well and this is where i think there is comparability with dunkirk here is that it keeps you on edge throughout the whole film you forget to breathe you genuinely forget to breathe yeah because there is there is no moment when you feel like the characters are not at risk and the moment that really really kind of uh, got that across to me was when the uh, Blake and Schofield were walking along and uh, Blake was giving this long kind of, he was telling this long story about the, the blossoming white flowers. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to listen to the story, but the music and the situation, I was like half listening, but also like, what's going to happen? What's going to No, no, no. What's going to happen? Where's the German? Where's the German? Yeah, where's, where's the, the German? German? Where's like, the German? Where's the explosion? Where's the mine? Where's the tripwire? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and and the music it did it in a slightly more subtle way than Dunkirk. I felt, and I'm not saying that's better or worse. Yeah, I felt like it was a bit more subtle. But yeah, I, I, I did notice similarities. There were some times when like music was very much like a clock. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah there yeah. was there was sometimes a very like kind of almost influenced sections especially near the end as you get closer and closer to the wave going over it got very kind of clocky yeah you know as the countdown sort of motif yeah but it really just contributed to that overall feeling of unrelenting tension (laughs) which again is how it would have been to have been a soldier walking through all these dangerous territories in world war one you know anything can pop out you just yeah even that moment of a poor wayfaring stranger mm. and like you've come from this incredible intense running scene through <clears throat> through the dawning French town into the water where he basically died at one point and came back to life. <laughs> yeah. um, and then he just has this moment where he just listens to the soldier just sing the poor wayfaring stranger and it's so somber and beautiful it's almost like the film is just taking a little breath before the last last little bit Mm -hmm. you know and you feel like oh and you just listen and you can imagine you can just imagine people crying at that moment Mm. in real life and in the cinema just just you know mothers crying at the thought of their sons at war and or 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 fathers crying at the thought of their sons and daughters at war um and yeah it was just like so kind of quiet beautiful and, and and it also mirrors here that he is uh, he is a stranger to the second battalion. He's poor, you know, poor wayfaring stranger. Mm-hmm. I guess um, talks about kind of him almost in in a sense. But yeah, just even just that moment, or sometimes. And I love I love 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 this is the absence of music. Mm. You know, there was a few times when music just yep. stopped. Yeah. And I always think um, I love the absence of music, especially when it's used right to force the audience to live in a situation um and this film just does that sometimes and it's just yeah you just because and because it's such such an an almost really a real a real violent film like real violence so you know there's not explosions but you know there's bullets ping off things and you know blake is stabbed in the stomach and you've got to just quickly shoot him shoot him and then just like live with blake as he's dying and forgets everything and he's bleeding out and you know he can't save himself and you're just listening to them breathing and screaming and you know you can't escape that moment you're 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 with them in that moment right there there is no music to escape to and to think about there's just there the sounds of death and the sounds of them happening and i i think it's such a powerful film tool and i i love that they used it sometimes no it was stunning it was and i really really noticed it because so there was something 
that really felt qualitatively different about those moments where it was like oh this is real stuff happening here like this is in ter- like like you say when it goes silent or or when you know you're forced into just a moment where you have to react yeah uh, or when the person has to react and suddenly you you don't even need music then because you're so absorbed in that moment and and how quickly you need to react or at least the the, the person needs to react that you no know, it was a very effective tool very mm-hmm. very effective mm-hmm. i, I want to move on and i i i want to talk about the profundity uh of this movie because because it takes a lot to move me in the way that this film did. <laughs> I was moved by so many moments in this film and in such a, in such a deep way. I, I just, I was, it really kind of caught me off guard. I had no idea that it was going to have this much depth to it, but I was sat there watching the moment where, where Blake dies. And I was like, this is, this is truly tragic. And the, and the way that he was, acting the way that he was you know he he was kind of a, a a scared boy he was like oh my goodness i'm dying and uh, write to my mum please and you know and uh, and it was just so real and horrible and there was so many moments like it throughout this film that like for example something and again this is another fantastic just bit of cinema but in the aftermath when schofield is is reflecting on that a bit and he's in the back of the car and they have this beautiful shot where it's just really really long shot and, and it's the camera's shaking a bit because they're in the car and all the other soldiers around him are having a chat about they were just you know superficial things they're joking about the way in which one officer talks and trying yeah. to imitate him and it's all very trivial and and whatnot and Schofield is just constantly just looking in like looking into, into the distance yeah, yeah into space clearly pondering you know the fact that this friend of his who he'd known for so such a short time has just brutally died and and the music's very somber but but you have this chatter and the chatter isn't exactly turned down but like I was just like that's probably how it was for so yeah. many people you know you just have to move on and then you're with someone who doesn't know the person who died so they're just joking and whatnot but yeah but you don't really have time to properly grieve and and there were so many moments like that in this film where I was just like I am so struck by this I am yeah. so moved by this i am so i and i just wasn't expecting it i just yeah. wasn't expecting it i mean even even in that scene when they get stuck the the, the truck gets stuck and he's like screaming we gotta go we gotta push 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 and like mm. because he knows any delay is sixteen thousand men dead yep or yeah 600 men yeah. um dead right there and they don't care. They're just like, well, you know, oh, it means we've got to delay our return to war. And, you know, it's only with him pleading, almost yeah. on the verge of crying, mm. they decide to help him out and push forward. And they, then they kind of care about him. Then, okay, well, why are you actually here? Why is, why is this matter to you? He goes, I've got a message to stop people going over. And like, oh, it's actually really important. But just that moment of like, they can be so wrapped up in their own things in war that they don't think of what else is happening. Mm-hmm. um and even just that moment of when he the the two moments i think about is when he reaches his goal and the generals the, the sergeant's like no i'm not gonna stop we're going over we, we've, we've got it and he's like he's like no and he knows and he believes you know he believes that what he's doing is saving these men and that person is just rude and dismissive and barely wants to to listen to the orders it's just so and he when he fights his way through the whole trench and he's like, have you seen Colonel? Have you seen Colonel? Have you seen the Sergeant? Have you seen Sergeant? And it's just kind of been like pinged from, from one post to another, like, Oh, he's down there. Oh no, he's down there. Oh wait, no, he's down there. You know, it's like a never ending sort of struggle. I, I felt exhausted with him by yeah. that point, like because of just the bodies and the, and, and the tight, narrow space and, and, but the urgency and the fact that he really yeah. wanted to get there. And I, I feel like it takes a lot as well to to create. Um, I, I I shy away from the word epic, but but kind of epic moments in films without them being slightly cringeworthy or whatnot. But that moment when he looks up and you know what he's going to do that he's going to run that bit of the distance, but across no man's land because clearly getting through the trenches is going to be too difficult. And then when and when he kind of ascends, that is kind of like a simba ascending pride rock type thing where it was just so i i felt such a swell in my chest watching that and i felt 
I really again I just really bought into it and I was like oh man like come on he was running and and like you say when he was like knocking into people and then like try and you just really were rooting for him but in a very very deep way and I think also something that Ashling was mentioning afterwards is that once he completes his mission and they call off the second wave and then he goes to find Blake's older brother I wonder, do you think as a character he was thinking about, as he walked into the infirmary, all the people he didn't save? Yeah, I didn't think you about know, that. The fact I didn't that think about that, but maybe. He yeah. was, you know, he ran across the first wave. Um, but that implies that they went out. Well, it doesn't imply, it just shows that they went it, out. You know, it shows yeah. a bunch of them went out and were coming back. And so who didn't he save? Who didn't he have? A, and, and that I thought was also really interesting and kind of profound is that he completed his mission, but he didn't save everybody. Yeah. They no, lost, like... True. They lost the whole first wave of battalion, um, of the second battalion, and for how long? You know, I don't know. I can't. I can't remember when first world war ended. Eighteen. Same. A, so yeah, a, a year yeah. later, how many of the people were actually still alive anyway? Yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, did did yeah. he just did he just delay the inevitable for another battle and look at like the first wave of people all all that were like injured and had legs and arms blown off, um, because he he got knocked down and and passed out for a little bit and you know it, it's it's horrendous to think but even though he was succeeded he didn't succeed in as well I yeah and i, I guess think does, does his character think about that in that moment you know i i i i didn't think about that when i was watching it but now that i reflect on the way in which he was walking around and the way in which it was a very kind of ponderous slow scene when he well not but it wasn't but he because he was calling out for like blake and whatnot but yeah. he clearly was looking at you know the infirmary and 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 seeing that there was still immense suffering even though he had called off the attack and uh, that that leads neatly into the next point but i just want to add something else though on profundity because <laughs> because yeah but but when he then meets Blake's sort of brother uh, uh again i felt like richard madden did a really good job of because you could see obviously he was immensely emotional that his younger brother had died but he was trying to keep it together and he was still kind of standing up straight yeah. and he was he was just like taking it and kind of you could see that he wanted to just absolutely break down but you know he was he had to get on with the job you know what i mean and, and again that moment really got me <laughs> that really got to me the fact that you know his younger brother had, you know just found out that his younger brother had died but also there were people coming in who were on the brink of death who needed to be seen and he was in charge of making sure that everyone was getting in the right place and just got to get on with it and, yeah. and oh that got me as well as then the very very last moment when Schofield is walking out and again the beauty of it the the sunrise and the sits by, a tree. Oh, sit by the tree and then takes out his tin which you've kind of you've been drawn to kind of subtly throughout the film you know yeah. you've been aware that it's there and then you see the the pictures and, and the message oh, <laughs> again that moment as well and the way the music was swelling and everything i just was so deeply affected by this film i it really was something uh, and something emotional something so kind of moving uh yeah do you know what so uh, I, I i i was i just i wanted to talk a little bit about this whole whether or not it was a true story thing because the thought struck me when I was watching it, and I, I'd, I'd read some stuff, and I've read a little bit since, that seems to imply to me that it's, it's, it's based on secondhand, like it's based on stories told by the granddad, and obviously, it's even if there is some historical truth to it, it's immensely artistically embellished, right? And I was thinking about that while I was watching the film. And I was like, do you know what? I really don't care if this is strictly <laughs> true or not. Yeah. I really don't. Because the point isn't how historically accurate it is. The point is, is that there were people who, for a cause that has, you know, that ensured freedom and happiness for their respective countries and the people that they loved, went and put their lives in peril and died and suffered and, uh, you know, were injured and everything. And all of this was immensely brave. And I was thinking about that in particular when he was running across the trench. I was like, ah. there was a part of me that initially kind of went, well, obviously, 
this is very dramatic and the fact that he arrived right now and, and I was like well clearly you know historically it's probably it probably didn't happen this way but I was like but do you know what there are pro- there are hundreds of thousands of stories of people doing things at this level of bravery in the wars so I don't care because what I'm celebrating here when I'm watching this is how brave these individuals were and and how noble they were in doing what they did and that's in that sense it is true it, you know what i mean it, it's true to the people who fought in the war so i i don't know if, if you had any strong thoughts on that but that was the thought that really kind of struck me my only real thought is that it's probably a a lot of true stories in one yeah and yeah, so it's maybe, it's yeah. not just showing just one characters it's showing the bravery of 10 different smaller missions or different portrayals uh, in one so yeah um, but it, it's it's very much like dunkirk dunkirk is not meant the reason you don't really know the name of the person in dunkirk is because it's meant to be any soldier trying to get out of dunkirk exactly exactly um, yeah and so although exactly. although we personified um um blake and schofield it could also just be there there are hundreds of missions like that in world war one that were just incredibly brave throughout the entire war um, and this is just the dramatization of one of them, but it could and it should be representative of the incredible bravery of the soldiers who fought in that war across any mission that they did. So to me, I don't Absolutely. it doesn't matter that if it's not I, I, I personally probably feel like it's more two or three different stories put together to make one incredible story. Mm-hmm. But they are no less less significant, or less true than each other. Something else, just a real quick thing to add on to tack on as well about the whole beauty profundity thing is this motif of I don't I can't remember exactly what flower it was, but the the kind of the blossoming white flower. The cherry when blossom. They were, yeah, that was it. Cherry blossom when they were walking through, and Blake was talking about picking them and whatnot back on in uh, whatever the farm when he was before the war, and then I knew that that was that imagery was going to return, and then when you have um, Schofield floating down the river uh, and then the cherry blossom starts to kind of like blow onto the river and it kind of reminds him of Blake. Again, I, I just, subtle beauty. I just, I loved yeah. it. It's so tastefully done, so appropriately done. I just, yeah. yeah. I just even, didn't want to get that because some people might have really, really liked that that return yeah. thing. Even for me, just the fact that when he gets out the river and climbs through those bodies, he starts crying. Yeah. Because yeah. who who wouldn't cry at this yeah. moment in time? I'm sorry, you've been over in no man's land. You've exp- you've survived a trip mine. You watch your your friend get stabbed and die. Um, you've you've escaped the German city. You've nearly drowned in the river and come off a waterfall, climbed over bodies that are just disgusting. You would cry at this moment. You'd be yeah. so defeated. And I just loved that kind of moment of realism. And I was there for him. And I was just like, yeah. oh. It's okay. You're nearly there. Yeah. You can do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess then that will take us now to Paul's c- critics' corner. Mm-hmm. Ding ding. Ding ding. Yes, it will. <laughs> I can. I can make this one very brief. They love it. I, I. I. All the critics love it. I mean, it's it's uh, a 79 Metacritic which as Metacritics go is very high but that's based on I think over 50 Metacritic reviews um, it's a 90% critics review, uh, critics percentage on, on Rotten Tomatoes uh, it's a 92% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes it's an 8.7 audience score on IMDb uh, I've seen a whole host of different reviewers and papers and whatnot that have given it their top thing whichever that is five stars 10 out of 10 or whatever 100 it's it's getting a lot of praise a lot of praise and it should be (laughs) (laughs) and it should be i mean i i would i would i mean i i haven't really actively sought them out but i'm sure there are negative reviews of it and those people are just wrong they can just you know they <laughs> they're just wrong they, like there's i i can understand if you have a few qualms with it and and i i i i didn't put this in the agenda but i i do have only one like nitpick but that's it i, I, wonder, if it, I wonder if it's the same one that i have i doubt it but 
Do you want to do that? Okay. So yeah. Anyway, critics overwhelmingly positive. I've given you the scores. It's 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 yeah, overwhelmingly positively reviewed. Um, okay. Now let's go to the nitpicking corner. <laughs> um, do you want to start off? Do you want to tell me just you know? It's one any, thing. Any issues? It's, it's okay. one thing. It's the fact that he didn't reload his weapon. Oh, I didn't even notice that. That right. that's it. That's the only right. thing I have is that he should have right. reloaded um, when he was attacking the guy in the house. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Again, as someone who plays more video games than I do, you would know that. <laughs> <laughs> know that better than I do. So I don't even really notice. But um, for me, literally, it's the tiniest of things. I, I feel it's really nothing. But so every time he would go to like the new kind of checkpoint and there would be the new famous British actor. So, you know, it started off with Colin Firth, then like Colin Firth, once he was like Mark Strong. Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, uh, Andrew Scott, even, sorry, before that, um, Moriarty, uh, and Be- like, and Richard Madden, I, I was taken out of the film for just like a nanosecond, where I was like, oh, oh, look, it's Benedict Cumberbatch, and, and they almost did Benedict Cumberbatch, kind of almost like a reveal, like, it was like, ooh, it's Benedict Cumberbatch, like, <laughs> you know, and it, it's the tiniest thing, I mean, it just, and, and it was only so noticeable because of how absorbing the film was. And that's my only qualm. If they would have gotten not very well-known actors for that part, for me, it would have just made it like a, a fraction of a hair's breadth better. But that's it. And it's minor. All it did was just for a second kind of take me out of the film a little bit and go, oh, look, it's Mark Strong. But then I was straight back in and, I, you know, it was fine. But yeah. Shall we summarise and give scores? Yes. I just want to summarise by saying that this um is an incredible film Mm -hmm. i think it is a cinematic art form Mm -hmm. um that hasn't been done in for a very long time and will take a mountain to repeat by anyone strongly strongly acted Mm -hmm. um incredibly moving well-paced tense gripping and I'll use the word again, enveloping film, and it, Absolutely. it thoroughly deserves all the hype and praise and awards that it is getting, because it if this came out in 2019, this probably be the film of the decade, <laughs> <laughs> or close to. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it was just an exceptional film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, I just I can only echo that sentiment. It was it was something special. It was a rare film that i was absolutely blown away by did you did you know that the estimated budget for it was a hundred million wow and that's believable just because of how authentic it was yeah i i was i was moved i thought it was staggeringly beautiful i thought that i think that it it's it just deserves every accolade coming its way i i i i could not have been more this it was just one of those defining films it was just what cinema was made to do you know what i mean like it was like it was beautiful and profound and scary and tense and just incredible in every way um and i have just that one minor qualm but that's it scores i i have been deliberating over this one um <laughs> because I have a tendency to be a little bit too black and white sometimes in that if a film is bad, sometimes for me it's bad and therefore it's the worst film ever made ever until that kind of wears off. And sometimes when a film is good, for me at least, it's good and it's the best film ever made and the best film I ever have seen or will see until that kind of fades off and I get a little bit of perspective. But I've had time to disillusion myself from that and I've had time to try and consider what could have been better about the film. I've had time to process my thoughts on the matter. And note that this doesn't mean perfection, but I personally, I feel like I can't give it anything other than a 10. Oh! Yeah. Personally, I, I, I'm i going to go there. I, I personally, I personally am going to go there. Now, a 10 out of 10 does not mean perfect. It does not mean, you know, th- that there is not a single thing that couldn't be better about this film but i feel like the the depth of this film and the the way in which it kind of affected me watching it i want to get or at least 
Okay, oh, I'm backing out now because of, because of how big of a thing that is. But <laughs> if okay, so if I were to put it in decimals, it would be between a nine point five and a ten, uh, straight out. And I I I'm tempted to just say ten. I okay, let me process that while you talk about your school. <laughs> Do you know I I've been debating between nine and ten basically. Okay. Um, kind of because I don't think any film could ever be a ten. Yeah, apart from the Lord of the Rings trilogy, apart but from the Lord um, trilogy, that, that side. <laughs> um, purely because once, in essence, once you reach perfection, it's hard to ever emulate it, and so like, let's. Okay, I, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say like a, a a bus, like a nine, but a bus ride that is just profoundly moving, even though it's just a bus ride, like the best bus ride you can imagine <laughs> like <laughs> a bus ride where like you find a hundred grand on the floor and then like it changes your life <laughs> like you know what i mean <laughs> like, <laughs> I was, like like i i would think like, uh, I, I, i'm hesitant i could say a 10 uh, this is something inside me that wants to say the perfect nine and again yeah. like it it is the fanciest bus ever to go it's you know got soft supple uh velvet seats that recline <laughs> fully you know and that it, there's an entire plays... crew of people attending to you bringing yeah. you uh, whatever you want and, plays, and you know you've got nails. <laughs> unlimited movies and all those sort of things yeah i mean 9.9 9.8 maybe yeah like, it's, it, it's just up there yeah um uh, yeah, I think I think yeah, I'm gonna hold out because a ten because I feel like a ten for me can only really be well, it can't only, but I feel like a ten for me almost definitionally has to be retrospective. So I I feel like there are like the Lord of the Rings trilogy, maybe just that I don't know, maybe one or two others that I would consider saying no a ten, but that's because of I can retrospectively recognize how brilliant they were in their time and for me personally and all of that. So maybe we can hold out on tens for that. But I just I just want to give this numerically just the high, almost the highest accolade possible because it is so amazing. Yeah. I just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Woo, we need to calm down after this. Podcast. Um, <laughs> there you go. We did it. We did it. Almost almost gave a 10 on our first episode. Yeah. Um, It'll be quite easy to guess what's in our top ten this year, won't it? <laughs> uh, yes, I would be very surprised if ten movies outdid this to make it not come in the top ten. Yeah, I I'd be surprised I mean, if one movie outdoes this to yeah. make it not one. Exactly. So uh, ten, it has a lot to live up to. <laughs> downhill from here, really. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. Yes, thank you very much. Um, don't forget to um like us on facebook and instagram if you haven't already do check out our instagram if you want to see more behind the scenes stuff and a bit more mm-hmm. of us going to the cinema and stuff um and don't forget to leave us a review um facebook apple google whatever leave us a review we'd like to love to know but um if there's nothing else we'll see you next time see you next time thanks for listening don't forget to check us out on facebook and instagram we'll see you next time